Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. The Ad News Podcast. The podcast that celebrates the industry's penchant for a sociable drop and a chat. Hello, welcome to today's Ad News podcast in the Nova Studios. Today's session is hosted by me, online editor Pippa Chambers, and we've got guests from CARA. We've got the Chief Investment Officer at CARA, Ashley Earnshaw, and Chief Strategy Officer at CARA, Sam Hegg. We're also joined by Ad News journalist Arvin Hickman. Thanks for joining us at the Ad News podcast. Um, if we can just start by getting you guys to introduce yourselves and just talking a little bit about what your roles are and what exactly you do at CARA. So, Ashley... Sure. Um, so I'm Ashley Earnshaw. I'm Chief Investment Officer for CARA. Um, principally, my role is around uh, value generation for clients uh, and delivering kind of best rate and outcomes for um, our client portfolio. And I'm Sam Hegg, Chief Strategy Officer at CARA Australia. So based in Melbourne, but in a national role. And I guess my remit is really to drive the product for the business and really get under the skin of our brand's challenges and develop communication strategies that answer those challenges okay um and we understand that you guys actually go way back in oh, the east to work up. with each other at maccas back in uh, manchester can you tell us a bit about how you uh, have now or i guess about the job how you both ended up working there and now how you both at carrot in australia yeah we can't get away from each other can no, we we keep no, coming you keep following me <laughs> uh so would we would we have been about 17 18 uh, yeah maybe slightly younger yeah and we um i think really all my mates work there so loads of my mates work there and it was just a bit of a bit of a fun job and uh took away took away time on a saturday whatever it was in a, in a constructive way and then i think i met you there right so, yeah yeah yes. so we ended up working in the same maccas mcdonald's yeah. and um and then some, we own we own chicken station. Yeah, yeah, we dominated dominate the chicken station. Very productive. Oh, what, what, I, how do you dominate the chicken station? You just get get it in and get it out on time. You know, um, I earned my five stars. Uh, Did you? Yeah, I only, I only had four stars. Yeah, I had to work. You have to work the counter. Yeah, to they won't let me near till. I hated it. I hated and now it. You're, what was your role at Carrot Investment? Yeah, <laughs> I've, gone, I've gone front of house, but I was, I was back of house then. So um, maybe I learned from you. Yeah, I was account service, and uh, well, now I'm in strategy. So here you go. There yeah. And um, then we bumped into each other in our first agency role in Manchester. I think I vaguely remember bumping into you on the stairs and, you know, you double take when you're going, I know that person, but I'm not quite sure where from. Yes. Um, yes. And, <laughs> and then the, rewind to Cara. Yeah, yeah. Fast and forward to Cara. Even. Fast forward to now. And, yeah, we're both working together at Cara. I've been at Cara six years. You've been at Cara... 18 months. 18 months. And, yeah, 
Just like the good old days. Good. So <laughs> does, good. This, does this mean you guys are desperate to try and get Maccas on the books? Oh, listen. <laughs> I like working with big brands. I like working big brands, with great, yeah. Yeah, brands great like what they do, so um, that'd be nice in the deepest respect to Omnicom. <laughs> um, but any, yeah, any cost, I'll be good, I would say. Okay. Well, we're just, uh, obviously, it's Friday. Last night was Brandcast at Google. Um, were you both there? And what did you guys kind of make of the event? It's obviously Google's chance to kind of demonstrate its, its kind of offering for next year and to yep. try and woo the advertisers. Do you think they did a good job? And, and what are your thoughts around it? Um, so I, yeah, I went, I was there. Yep, I made it, and I didn't get there last year. So I know have I didn't have any context of kind of what they did last year. Although I spoke to a few people, and I think it was generally similar. Um, I don't I mean I don't. You don't walk walk away from the event going, oh my god, I know much, so much more about this thing called YouTube. Like the the level, the understanding of the platform within the media agency, I think is pretty high. But I think it's a it's a great celebration of the kind of the talent they have access to. I think it was good that they had CMOs on stage. Mm -hmm. So one of our clients, Disney, um, Kylie Watson Wheeler was on stage talking about the power of video for her, for her brands, which we're very close to obviously, because they're a Melbourne client of ours and Telstra talking about the volume of traffic that goes through their infrastructure, which is video based really kind of contextualizes the sky, the scale of video in all its forms and YouTube within. Um, I think I mean the one thing that I kind of caught my eye was that um, the idea of that um, shoppable, shoppable new um, tech, technology that's coming on where you don't need to leave the video mm -hmm. to be able to buy. So I, if I immediately think to clients like Adidas who are driving a cultural conversations on platforms like YouTube around their product, and you think of the uh, that moment when you see a YouTube video and you go, "I want those sneakers," the ability to be one or two clicks away from doing that, I think, is a powerful opportunity for brands playing in that space, like really bringing transaction and engagement even closer together. So those those that was something that kind of caught my eye, given the context of our client base. It was really interesting, actually. Um, just the strategy of their brandcast versus TV upfronts, where they sort of look at effectiveness of what they're currently doing rather than looking at what's coming up. What were your thoughts about that, Ashley, in, in terms of getting the CMOs up there to showcase effectiveness and some of the messaging, I guess, around that? Um, I, I think um, Joe Pollard from Telstra was up there and basically saying that um, YouTube is far more effective um, than, than free-to-air. Um, I'm just interested in your thoughts about that strategy and... Yeah, the messaging. I think the first thing I the first thing I thought about was they did Joe and that platform did you know a good job last night of demonstrating the reach that YouTube has now. So I think that was the first thing. Kind of I took that. I think um, you know I admired Joe's bravery in, in what she said on stage. I think we have to understand by what metrics she's measuring that. I think from a a, a YouTube point of view, you know Google would be very happy that someone of her standing in the industry is stood on stage saying that. I think that would uh, you know if I was at one of the free-to-air networks, I would find that quite confronting. Um, you know, there was a big emotion. There was a big emotional play last night per se. You know, it was a very emotive. I don't know if you felt that, but you know, everyone on stage spoke about. You know, there was a lot of kind of theatre to it. Everyone spoke about kind of childhood memories, and there was a lot of theatre, right? Mm -hmm. But then I, f I found that um, what some of those CMOs, so like Joe, was saying, was also quite emotive as well in market because it it, it felt like you know we had had I think zero-based planning was one of the things. Um, YouTube spoke about and then you you couple that zero based planning with a CMO of Joe stature and the ad budgets they've got saying that you know it's more effective I think those two things together are, are quite interesting certainly for next year so um surprised by the candidness of what what some of those CMOs are saying but you know 
um, if they've got the results to back it up and they feel confident with it, then you know may- maybe it's time they shared that. Do you, do you get a sense that this is digital fighting back a little bit? Because in, in recent times, you've had a lot of um, industry heavyweights sort of backing TV. Do, do you get the sense that last night was an opportunity for digital to sort of... Yeah, it's interesting observing the... I wouldn't say tension, but that that kind of toing and froing a little bit. Um, and as an agency, we have to have a point of view on that for our clients. And I mean, I I don't. I think it's they've got they've got a platform. They're spending a lot of money on a massive event, getting a lot of people there. They've got a they've got a right to sell themselves. And I think if you can get someone to sell on your behalf um, with a brand like Telstra, that's great. Uh, and I think bringing up things like completed views uh, is a great way to almost challenge the notion that are digital views even seen and the kind of obviously the Facebook kind of are people just running through and seeing a couple of seconds and paying for that so there's clearly key messages that they're wanting to land in the minds of marketers and the likes of ourselves um, but also I would also say that unless I'm unless I missed it the, the, the Telstra piece there wasn't conversation around return on investment it was more around kind of the, the the kind of the cost the cost of buying mm. um and what metric you're buying on um so i think the tv networks their position back would be well we've got a lot of proven work around the effectiveness from a dollar sense not just from a how you trade trade in, in yeah. that sense I'm, I'm not sure about a fight back <laughs> as it as the you know i'm, I'm always someone who goes back to numbers i think i think they're all right you know i, I think they um from a ad revenue point of view, we know what's going on with Google and, and YouTube within that. So I, I don't know about a fight back. I think what they interestingly did was did was make you know take take the um, the impact of you know I know there's a lot of talk about Think TV and the, you know um, studies around effectiveness. It was interesting that YouTube and last night kind of maybe took a bit of energy out of that. You know they led with they led with data. Um, you know they led with kind of information and reach about their platforms and data about effectiveness and potentially that may be a bit of a second second mover um, in advance of Think TV studies coming out I think um, but you know I think they I think they they concentrate on the facts which is quite a good place to be because the space is getting quite emotive at the moment you know with a, a few academics and you know I think that that was a smart play by them yesterday mm. yeah. Do you think any of the sorry any of the kind of TV execs that would have been there last night have you kind of heard any feedback from them or do you think it's enough to you know make them feel confident about their proposition going into the TV upfronts uh, you know space at the moment? I haven't heard from any of the TV execs actually uh, this morning. We've uh, I've not I've not been able no. to connect with any. I mean you know clearly clearly it would be it wouldn't be new news for a, a TV exec to have been you know to know what's really going on in this space. I think. Um, like I've shared, I think that the new thing for them and this was about was about you know CMOs being open about what they feel about a YouTube's platform against their own platforms. That's probably quite confronting. Certainly, the um, there was a lot of kind of uh, you know Seven's logo was up there front and clear, and then the collaboration around the Olympics. Maybe that points to a bit more collaboration between Free to Air and YouTube and, and that relationship. Um, but I would have been yeah quite confronted. I would I would have thought quite confronting for some of the TV execs there last night. Do you think kind of, uh, you know, what are you guys thinking ahead of the, you know, just sort of leading on to the TV upfronts coming up, you know, October, November? Do you guys get any kind of heads up at what's going to be announced? And is there any kind of, you know, are you anticipating anything? And what are your kind of views around uh, the TV upfront season? Yeah, I think I think you, you, yeah, definitely. You know, we get a either form, you know, informally you get a sense of what's coming up. And um, they, I would say the TV networks do keep a number of things really close to uh, their chest. They have to. Um, I think we're... For me, I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to 
uh, more about kind of collaboration between the TV networks. You know, there's lots of interesting stuff going on with measurement and um, how they're going to operate as a in its sort of united front next year. Um, I think content's going to be really important. Nine have obviously gone early with their content, but I think what came through to me last night was the importance of content on platform. Mm. Um, it's also a year without major events, I believe, next year. Next year yeah, kind of thing. Right. So you kind of go, what what's going on with content? Um, you know, content is you know increasingly commoditized. How they're going to cut cut through a point of difference on the free to air networks versus kind of SVOD services and stuff like that. That'll be quite interesting. Um, so I think content's still going to be important. Um, I, I you know I think having watched last night and what we I feel like we're all agreeing was really successful about last night was kind of um, you know YouTube showing what they have done. I'd be interested to see how much the free to air networks are going to show what they have done and their effectiveness rather than talking about potentially what they do. Mm. Um, I think sometimes there's a lot of talk about what will happen and maybe not all of that is delivered. Um, I think what we saw last night was in the competitive space around around screens that um, you know clients are clearly interested in what's happening right now rather than what may happen. Uh, but I think the free to air networks more broadly have got to you know got to show what um, their roadmap is next year and stick to that around collaboration and measurement and for agencies I think automation as well. Mm. You know automation across the sector. Yeah, and I think. We've talked to clients in the last couple of months since Can, me, Ash, and I were lucky, fortunate to go out there um, representing Cara, and he follows me everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we, and also, yeah, there's a can be a bit of a beat up on different parts of the media industry here, and it can get a bit personal at times. But I think I know Ash is closer to the invest from an investment point of view, but it's quite refreshing to see some of the things that are happening here that are. are but if not further ahead of the industry and in other markets around the world that you automatically go are the us the uk they're obviously doing things better and Mm. i think from an mcn perspective and there's obviously challenges around technology and how you transact um video and then the measurement that needs to kind of have a bit more consolidation and consistency but i think also there needs to be a bit of a pat on the back in terms of the things that are happening here for a market that's smaller than those kind of bigger markets like the US and the UK, but we're more nimble and agile to be able to make things happen quicker. And I think that's what the media industry is kind of has an appetite for. So, yeah, I think we're just hoping that that is realised in a lot of ways. Do you think there's going to be any, any big play for TV in the next year? For example, I know that Nine is going to ramp up their efforts um, to go programmatically, to trade programmatically. Do you see any sort of specific technological advance as being the next big thing that TV networks will start rolling out? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100%. I think um, I think we've, we've already seen that roll out, you know, with um, MCM, with Landmark. Um, you know, increasingly Nine and and seven either are going to be working with landmark as a platform or, or multi-view and, and that audience platform i definitely think so you know um, tv networks have been talking technology for 12 to 18 months now i think next year is where we get all of those tv networks you know putting that into market some have done it quicker than others but absolutely i expect that at the upfront so a real clear roadmap from those businesses around and we're seeing it already so you know around automation They've already got those capabilities. Those are, that's being rolled out already. So I think the, the networks will be able to be confident. I think you will see the TV networks um, confidently sh- sharing what has already happened. You know, there's a lot of beta testing going on. There's a lot of testing with brands, and then more broadly, what's going to happen next year? What their vision is for the next twelve months? I mean, I think there'll be, you know, more change in the next twelve months amongst those TV networks than we've seen in the past three or four years. It's interesting as well that TV networks. Um, all the major ones seem to be pushing their integration of television and digital. Do you expect to see this integration become complete in, in the next year where it's all going to be seamless? No. <laughs> <laughs> seamless, definitely not. Um, I think we've got um, a few years of growing pains to go. 
as an, as a, you know more globally but also locally uh, for sure um you know we I, I do think we will have the ability over uh, next year i mean te- technologically we already have it but you know to go cross platform with content um, for advertisers i think the the uniformity of that and that that opportunity um across all different publishers is is a, a medium term play in this market for sure what are the kind of immediate growing pains of those sections? You know, is it like catch up TV? Is it the quality of the ads online? What are the kind of digital growing pains that maybe advertisers talk to you about? I think, you know, we, I think it's about, um, you know, we've got different tech businesses going to clients, different tech offerings in market, um, different ways of measure, different measurement across those tech platforms. Um, I think that that is a confusing space. There's no uniformity amongst that at the moment. Um, I think you know what what made television so great and what uh, was around uniformity of measurement and ease of transaction and clarity over um, audience metrics and reach and those kind of areas. I think that space has, has got a bit muddled. Um, you know, advertisers want different ways of targeting, but with different targeting breaks up that uniformity. So I think the the market is gonna is going through a um, a, you know, a, a sort of a, a bit of a, you know, it's redefining itself in the screen space, I would say. Um, and then, to, you know, we look at YouTube last night, it's got a very a bit more clarity about how it delivers its audience and it's got the scale of reach across platform and um, to a degree, same with, um, you know, got that with Facebook as well. So um, that makes sense. I think I think the market's got to f- sort itself out in terms of measurement and um, try and keep as close to possible as a uniform way of measuring itself. Mm. And then even just like the basics of, Put it. Put yourself in the shoes of a consumer, like we're we're all consumers of media, and watching online video, and you know you see the same ad in every break. Mm. And you're like, oh my god, I'm watching the same ad for the fourth time in why, this TV. Why does that? Why does you, that happen? Like, I don't know. <laughs> the other, I was watching um, a show the other day. Oh, I guess I can say, yeah, I was watching The Bachelor on Ten, and on the catch up, the Lint advert played like three times in a row. And as a consumer, I'm like, is that because there isn't any other ads to fill it? Or is that Lint's strategy to watch those same ads? I, I actually it's don't know. It's a terrible one. <laughs> what, what, or or like it's very what? targeted. I don't but know. I do, do, you like, do you like chocolate? Yes, I do. I mean, I bought Lint the next through. day, but... Uh... <laughs> but I don't Put the Lint down. know why Pippa. they do that. I, I can't comment on that, to be to be honest. No. I don't know. I is mean, it a, I, I, I doubt it's a strategic. A, I doubt it's a strategic no, thing. I think it's just inventory. They just yeah. people it. that would want that like catch up slot because you know it's a top range show. Premium, yeah. I don't understand. We'll have to ask ten MCN. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll put it to them. Um, at least it, at least it was environment. It was, you know, good environment though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen I've seen worse targeting. <laughs> On the subject of content, obviously The Bachelor, big show, um, and a lot of those big format shows. All from, over it. Uh, no, you guys, do, are you watching the? Or were you watching The Bachelor? No. Oh no! Don't yeah, you are, aren't you? I'm not. I'm, I'm... What about the wives? <laughs> they must watch it, and then you're just in the room at the same time. Not, not with The Bachelor actually. Uh, in in the Earnshaw house, it's not. Um, and surprisingly, because the office is going nuts about the Bachelor, I would yeah, say. yeah, 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 um, yeah. That's been it's a, top of mind in the office. Yeah, real water cooler stuff in in, in Cara at the moment. Um, my- Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary Freaknik: The Wildest Party Never Told about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? 
Go stream something new on Hulu. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Right at first sight is... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's been on in our house. And no, no. I, I pretended not to watch it for 10, 10 minutes and then I've been gripped by it. <laughs> Emma, yeah, my wife watches... She wants mindless TV at the end of a day with three kids. Um, so she ends up watching... Real Housewives of some random US city or the Kardashians, and I go, "Why are we watching this? Is I, want, that on I need Fox to." Tell, yeah, that on, on Hey You. On on uh, no on Foxtel. Okay. So yeah, on Foxtel, and I and thought... then she gets really annoyed by my <laughs> incessant questions around why they're do- why are they doing that? Why is she going to dinner with that person when she hates her? And I was like, "Can you just leave the room and let me watch this on my own, please?" <laughs> so yeah. So so yeah, content wise, you know, again looking back at the, or looking forward to the upfronts, is there any kind of things that you guys hear from advertisers that you want to see next year, or do you think it's still going to be you know those same big formats? You know, we all, everyone loves the cooking show and they love the bachelor and the bachelorette and those consistently high rating shows. Do you think when it's a winning format, it's just going to be more of that, or do you think there needs to be some new type of content and what kind of expectations do you have around the content? Um, I, the first thing that comes to mind for me is around consistency. I think the the from a, if we're talking about um, sort of TV networks and their content, um, I think what's you know there's been there's been a, sort of an audience redress over the past couple of years, and potentially the the consistency that comes out of TV networks has been lost in the in the kind of uh, in the chatter. So I think if I if I was at the TV networks, I'd be thinking about that consistency story. To your point, some of those tentpole shows that are consistent. I'm also thinking about cross-platform as well. When you know, we're talking about the linear screen here and mm. the Earnshaw and Heck household, but there's also, you know there's content off off the linear screen. So I think that that'll be there'll be a lot of noise about what is driving audience outside of the linear TV screen. I would imagine, um, probably reality. You know, one of the things that TV networks do really well is reality. You know, we're talking about The Bachelor, we're talking about yeah. Married at First Sight. So I think a focus on reality. Um, probably downplaying maybe local local Aussie drama. I think drama per se, you know, again, has been slightly commoditized with the rise of SVOD and Netflix. Mm. Um, and then sport is an ever-present. Yeah. You know, the, the, the free-to-air networks have got that advantage around sport. Um, you know, they've got all the hero... T- I think people are still, from an emotional point of view, and brands want to be around sport as well. So I think that, if you know, mm-hmm. I think we'll probably see a lot about the, the sports slate for next year. Yeah, association and exclusivity that's important to some of our clients, absolutely. Um, I mean, look, from my perspective, having the conversations that I have with clients, um, whether that's in brief or more broadly with with senior clients, 
maybe it's just as I'm not transacting in that space, but it's never a conversation I have with about oh, what's what's going to be big on TV next year. They've got much more fundamental mm. issues that they're having conversations with with us around um, in terms of brand building and leverage of data and all of the kind of things that we know are big big kind of topics within the industry. So I, think, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. A, I think that's a good point though because the as as the TV as TV is is now blending with digital, so. There are there are some partners, some clients I speak to who are very interested yeah. in content, but there are also now clients who are far more interested in audience delivery and um, and less about context and and, um, and and what the content is, but more about what audience it is delivering. So I think that that kind of the blurring of the digital metrics with TV to me means that you know some of those clients that are at those upfronts are more interested in delivery. So we talked about consistency, but it's just about you know audience delivery, and I think you know. MCN changing that conversation with Multiviews done that as well. So focusing on kind of broader audience metrics and targeting. Um, so I think it's a bit. There's going to be a bit of that. We'll see as well. So less mm. just about the shows and the content, but more about delivery and targeting and those kind of areas, yeah. right? And I I was on a having an email exchange yesterday with our with my kind of counterparts in the US. Um, who we worked with P and G on because obviously there was the article on the Wall Street Journal a week or two back around png changing their approach to facebook and removing this kind of micro targeting approach um and the kind of backstory i got from the carry guys over there was that they're kind of going back to the fundamentals of building a brand through scale and reach and all of that kind of Ehrenberg bass theory that mm. a lot of our clients kind of uh, are really driving through their kind of approach to marketing and and the the mindset within the kind of a png and in that environment is that facebook is a broadcast channel like a channel seven would be here um, and I'm sure that's a point of view that Facebook are more than happy to, for them to have, um, as opposed to this kind of over-baking and approach to Facebook with lots of micro-targeting and finding what, where's that sweet spot between contextual content, um, but over-baking over that in terms of going to micro in your targeting where you don't get the scale and impact from an effectiveness perspective. So, yeah, I think the conversation... Conversation used to be a TV conversation. Now it's a video conversation. There's lots of moving parts within that, like Ash said. So you feel there's a bit of a, a migration back to reach and the importance of reach? Yeah, absolutely. We are with our sophisticated kind of clients, especially in the CPG, FMCG. That's what builds brands scale. Um, so, and it's how you get to a uniformed kind of approach to that across different video platforms that trade and transact in different ways and deliver content to audiences in different ways. And we've got some great tools within our business. So we've got access to the commercial reach reach um, curves of Facebook and YouTube. So we know how to build reach on those platforms through actual data, not kind of Roy Morgan claimed data. So we're able to build those integrated reach curves across TV um, and online video catch up Facebook YouTube so we're able to go this is the most effective way to build build reach across different platforms I think, yeah I think I think brands um, I agree with, with Sam but I think brands are also interested in moments as well you know alongside yeah alongside that 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 work um, is also the importance of brand building and um, and sort of I think about kind of moments as well so I think you know event event television and moments I still think mm. is really important for brands yeah um, and you know that that may come, you know, I'm thinking about moments next year. There's, there's, there's been a lot of moments this year. There's not going to be as many kind of big tentpole moments. 
but I think there's I think probably those moments are going to be within sport I would say you know the, and those kind of areas but I think that's important as well yeah 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 absolutely yeah, building, context, building yeah. your brand is still important yeah it's obviously um, 60 years of television today um, happy birthday right? television oh wow there you go yeah it sure is yeah, sure. I'm just curious actually now that we're on, on how it's it's all evolving how do you think TV advertising will evolve to become effective or to remain as effective as it has been it's a good question that um I, I mean, we just the last thing we were talking about was sort of big tentpole moments, and um, I think I think TV advertising is going to will. You know, we can see it already, right? So you you have got addressable TV in the UK now. Um, you, I think, I think TV advertising. Like, I don't know where we're going, how long term you're thinking, but clearly longer, longer term. Uh, the the you know true programmatic TV and the and, and addressability so the true use of data within the TV space I think when you when you fuse that with the kind of content we're talking about so say it's sport um, you kind of see the real the real health and the um, the the potency of TV as a medium with that so I, the kind of the first thing I think about is probably that layer of yeah. targeting and the true true programmatic I would yeah say. and I would say although there's a lot of disruption around TV in its traditional sense tradition. TV isn't not effective at the moment, like, and that's the role that think the think TV body will do is to kind of drive that message through independent studies um, on econometric modelling and all of those kind of things and how TV does build brands and delivers business outcomes, and it's the and it's the collective um, businesses within kind of free to air TV to make sure that that conversation is front of centre with with the likes of us. So, um, I think TV- so, I think the the kind of the like what we're talking about with television advertising, I think the, uh, you know, what do we mean by television advertising? That I think the lines are blurred with that. If we're talking about the linear screen um, in the household, then I think also like the sort of the continued evolution of kind of content marketing, like because I think the role of the the thirty second ad will change. I think that model mm. is definitely you can see that changing, and I think the from a linear screen point of view, better better kind of native or brand you know brand integration opportunities, smarter ways of doing that, I think will become more important. You think about, you know, and that's already happening. Think about the work that, I don't know, a brand like Red Bull does or, Mm. you know, it's already here. I think that will continue. I I do think that the the 30-second ad break will start to feel more and more sort of stayed. I mean, not not right now. I don't want to, you know, not right now, but I kind of feel like we're talking about five years post, hence. Or if the 30-second ad break does exist, then it becomes an opportunity to kind of really target based on household, not just based on kind of, you know, environment, I guess. You know, so yeah. lint chocolate in um, in The Bachelor or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's obviously this opportunity for brands to instead of surround the content that people want to see and be the, to be yeah. the content that people want to see, but... I think a lot of brands would turn around and go, I sell toothpaste, that's not that hard, that's not that easy to do. There's some brands that are more predisposed, like a Red Bull, to kind of play in that space, but I think that's the vision. Uh, I think the other challenge, I think the other nuance is that people's expectations and the norms around yeah. advertising that people expect to see is changing. As more people spend time on Netflix and have an, experience, an ad-free experience, yeah. it, it kind of depositions when they go back to free to air and kind of go, oh, I feel like I'm seeing, do they feel like yeah, they're seeing more, more yeah. ads? Do they feel, does it kind of change that kind of relationship um, through a different relationship with Netflix? They've got probably. to work harder for the attention. Yeah. Yeah. The, and that's what, I mean, that's what Joe was effectively sharing last night. You know, it might be a longer form piece of content, but it actually was more effective than yeah. the shorter form because yeah. they oh, tell you, tells you how to work very hard for that attention. So mm-hmm. whatever that, I mean, that's what we're really saying. If you think about pro- programmatic TV and addressability, it's 
it's effectively making that content work harder to be engaging and to get people's engagement right and i think that's the challenge so and again if you think about content marketing that's all that we're doing we're um you know people's the sort of attention is harder to get now mm. and then you and then you're laddering consumption habits so like netflix and people are used to or becoming like was it 14 percent of australians now have got netflix mm. there's an awful lot of people who are used to and an, a linear ad free model but yet you know you watch, like spotify versus radio yeah well you watch yeah. house of cards and it's full of ads which mm. is really like you know apple yeah, yeah, you know, so it's a different way of um, getting way. people's yeah. attention. Just on the subject of, of adverts and obviously the big Telstra campaign and, and looking at some of the creative that is out there at the moment and adverts, is there any kind of, you know, interesting adverts that stand out to you guys? You know, from maybe, maybe just as an example, looking at the big TV linear adverts, is there anything mm. that kind of captures your mind at the moment? Anything that kind of captures your interest? Um, do you want me to go? You go, mate. You've you go. got five stars. <laughs> and you've only got four. I've only got four stars. Um, the the first thing I think about with that, honestly, is the work that Woolies have done. I know, I know, it's a car oh. example. I, genuinely, like I, I found, I found their rebrand really um, emotive. I don't know if you've seen the content, but the rebrand yeah. around that, um, it's a longer term strategy as well. There's been a lot of lot of um, talk at the moment about short termism versus long termism. They're taking a long term approach to building mm. their brand. Um, that content connected with me. I thought the work that came out of the Olympics with that I thought, yeah, I thought was really strong, was great, you know. Yeah. Um, and again, we talked about last night, like that emotional connection for me, that, you know, for me personally, that that, that sort of connected. So I've, I don't actually see a lot of advertising, I've got to be yeah. honest. No, because you... Yeah, and, I, I, so I, see, I see creative, but I don't see, like on, from a consumption point of view... No, you need to no. be checking out the campaign section on ad news more. Agreed. So, the, but the only way I do, yeah. not the only way, often the way that I engage with ads is by that, those, you know, looking, seeking yeah. it out and looking what's going on rather than from, from a consumption a, point of view, from a professional yeah. point of view. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know because you like sent through the think of think of some TV yeah. campaigns, and I genuinely struggled to think of some. I don't know if that says a lot about my. What about the Telstra ad? Did that? Yeah, you guys, you know, I thought, yeah, I thought it was super. Yeah, nice. I think it's brave. I High think. production values, it's um, you know, mm. brave. Um, again, emotive. We're talking about. Um, but in my, just from a personal point of view, I, a lot of content I watch is on PBR, and so I, I do watch television content, but it's often mm. skipped. Skip, I say quite a lot when when an ad man is is not watching ads <laughs> about how how we're changing our our, our consumption of media. Mm. I don't know. Do, I don't know. Does direct the. People, I don't know. There's somebody who runs a <laughs> somebody who works for McDonald's. Eat a lot of uh, Big Macs. I don't know. <laughs> I think I did back then. Um, I don't know. I've been very honest about my consumption. You know, yeah. we we we. Um, you know, from a professional point of view, you get time poor. You um, recording content. Um, I'm an EPL fan, so I've got Optus. So I watch the EPL. Which, which team? Optus. A United fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's been a bad week. <laughs> yeah, we're both United fans. Yeah, we are, mate. Oh, really? Of okay. course. Of course. You're sitting next to a Liverpool fan here. So like, oh, oh yeah. We'll, we'll take we'll take that we'll take that out of the pub. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then and then from a net, no Netflix point of view, recently um, watched content on Netflix. So yeah, yeah, I mean, Stranger too. Things. It's Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's pretty oh, cool. Yeah. And Suits and. The, Okay. House of Cards stuff like that. Kind of some of those big ads aside, if we're talking about brand strategies and maybe looking at different directions of, of you know product launches or things that brands are doing, um, recently we've been writing a few stories on Ad News about the changes some of the kind of big brewers like Diageo or Heineken are making to kind of go for these lower, you know, low carb or mm. like a you know the Heineken three and. 
Diageo's trying to like you know make its premixes more kind of sexy and appeal to women, and you've yep. got more gender neutral beers. Um, firstly, are you guys beer drinkers? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and secondly, have you kind of been aware of some of the campaigns? So, for example, Heineken it didn't go to town with a big TVC. It did a lot of experiential marketing and hosted big events to launch Heineken Three and things like that. Um, and then you've got um, you know, Diageo's putting a lot of money behind um, you know, their campaign. Yeah. What do you guys kind of make of that style of beer? Um, and that new brand direction, and you know, I guess you wouldn't. There wasn't a big TVC with with some of them, so just yeah. kind of hearing about it in market. I mean, we've got some experience in the category because we've got um, Asahi as a client in Melbourne, and they've got Asahi Sukai, so a kind of a low carb variant that's in really high growth. But I've, and obviously, we obviously represent Woolworths, and obviously from a liquor point of view, here in Sydney. And I think the uh, interesting, I mean, it's it's reflective of the category, like kind of the the traditional kind of beer category is in slow growth. You've got premium international in high growth. You've got those low carb offerings growing quickly as well. And you can see that in, you can see that when you walk, in, walk into a Dan Murphy's or a BWS, you, you see that share of shelf shifting to the kind of those premium, premium international offerings even more. So I think they're just reflective of where the gaps and opportunities are in the market in terms of what's launching. Um, I think Heineken is an example. I think they've had a, different approach to building brands they've they've obviously focused a lot around events and sponsorships but bringing them to life in really interesting ways and in a lot of ways they set the bar for kind of those brand activations and they do them to a standard that they know will get traction and talkability and amplification they put amplification behind it so they um, are careful to activate their brands if that's in a real world experience to a to a degree where they know it's going to get scale at the end um saying that the heineken three i've only seen the campaign through trade press (laughs) although i did go past an ad shell panel um the other day so um you've got to make sure you're getting it to the right right people but um is it one for you would you guys try the heineken three yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I we would. actually have Absolutely. it here in the podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. try actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's smart. I think it's smart from a personal point of view. You you often go to the pub during the day and you can't. There's not that on offer. There is low carb but not low alcohol. Mm. So I think that's um, mm. that's good. Smart for them to increase drinking um, opportunities. Yeah, you know, I noticed that pe- people have, since we were, <laughs> I think since we were younger, people are, people are a lot smarter about the way they drink these mm. days and yeah. alcohol consumption's changed right so they're, they're creating a new opportunities to drink and people drink during the day i think that's smart personally yeah. it's a good thing for me i'm about to become a dad so <laughs> my drinking opportunities are i'm looking at sam because he's, he's already been there. <laughs> nine already years been into it i'm curious as to your drinking opportunities when you were 17 down at maccas loads down the park yeah. post, post, post mary's gate it was post post, post work post yes, work you don't want to be you don't want to be um no. using a chicken chicken don't station drunk. Chicken nuggets. i don't think yeah i don't think heineken three would have washed in a manchester back in <laughs> no no <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. I think there would have been short shift from. We were on the chicken station. There were some big blokes on the uh, on the on the on the burger station, weren't they, mate? So I think the then the guys on grill would have had something to say about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah well, no. We're probably going to have to wrap it up, but thank you very much for joining us with the Ad News podcast. Thank you very thank much. You. Thank Cheers. you very much. Thanks, Thanks for having guys. Us. Cheers. Today, I was joined by Cara Investment Officer Ashley Earnshaw, Chief Strategy Officer Cara Sam Hegg, and we're also joined by Ad News Journalist Arvind Hickman. This podcast is recorded at the Nova Entertainment Studios. We're just looking out over the Sydney Harbour. Beautiful view, lovely day. Executive producer Andy Milne, engineer Georgie Page, audio production by Shelley Clune.
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.